Blog Talk Radio. Morris, and you're listening to ET Radio. Welcome aboard, all you ground troops spinning around smartly on the planet. I'm so glad you could join me tonight. We're expecting Janet Carolson of Maui, Hawaii, and Astro. Okay, I think I'm back on here with Dr. Richard Allen Miller, PhD in physics, and he's going to help us tonight. He's got a huge resume. And uh, in R&D and uh, doing quite a lot of things with uh, uh, (laughs) the future. And I've asked him for uh, my own welfare being to uh, help me explain where we're going in the future with all of this phenomenology. And he's helped us a lot throughout our reality with a lot of people understand television and movies and how it affects us. But we have Ascension Center Oracles, we have the ACE Metaphysical Institute, the ACO Association, the UFO Association, and uh, we have a Dr. Bruce McAbee, Ph.D. in physics, that works with us at the national level. And I've asked Dr. Richard Allen Miller, since he's always there for all of us and many of our friends in the metaphysical community as well as the spiritual community, to assist us. And he is here now, but Dr. Miller, stand by. Let me bring on Janet Carol Lesson of Maui, Hawaii. Janet Carol Lesson, can you hear me now? Hi, I can hear you. How are you doing? <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Great. I, Wonderful. I don't see Dr. Everybody's here. I don't see Ken, uh, the astronaut, uh, for the Allied Command. Okay, I'll, I'll uh, get him. I'll get him. Okay, if you can. And in the meantime, Janet, uh, you want to. Okay, and Janet's helping us with our ACO event managers all over the world and our ACO Association, our Alien Contact Organization, and our UFO Association. And she and I have been working together in radio since 2012, June 2012. All right. Uh, if you'll do that, Janet, just put yourself on mute, and uh, I'll go ahead and let Dr. Richard Allen Miller. Uh, Dr. Miller, I'm, I've got a, a, quite a huge resume on you, but uh, I'd like you to introduce yourself because I know you can do a much better job than I can. So well, you, where, you know, where do you want yourself. me to begin? I'm basically a polymath um, in my junior and senior year in high school, my science fair projects were used three years later uh, in 1964 with the Mariner uh, 4 fly by Mars 
to measure the water on Mars. I, as a high school kid, I invented the, uh, first to propose the tachyon and then created a tachyon factory using muons and uh, the linear accelerator to measure the water on Mars. It's, uh, it, back then it was called uh, Sharenkov radiation. Uh, I was the first American to create particles going faster than the speed of light. That was in high school. Now, of course, old man DuPont got on that, <laughs> like staying on jet. And so he was at my graduation in high school. And then when I graduated from Washington State University in physics, uh, he took me back east. And the rest is history. I started uh, the SEAL program, Navy SEALs. I was uh, a polymath, so I, I had grown up in the Philippines. And so I had martial arts. I was an athlete, I was a whiz kid that did code, and so I was everything they dreamed of except compliance. <laughs> and I, I ended up working out of the Pentagon after I'd done the SEAL program. Back then it was called SEAL Corp out of Amherst, and I trained and developed SEAL Team 1 and then trained SEAL Teams 2 and 3. Then they moved me to the Pentagon where I was lead physicist for a number of years working under Dr. Carl Schleicher, the uh, known AKA, the smoking man. And I did all the paranormal studies for the military on the West Coast. That included, uh, Andrea Puharich was one of my mentors. I was at Mission Control when Ed Mitchell did the ESP studies. And I have a book out called ESP Induction Through Forms of Self-Hypnosis. That's where I started. And um, today, I run bunkers for the military, and I'm writing. And um, my direction is uh, in new areas called magic. I'm quite, it's the new direction in advanced physics. Uh, when we, we presume paranormal phenomena, and we see it all the time, but we've never addressed, how does that work? Like a woman ripping a car door off to save her child in a flaming automobile. The adrenaline didn't make the bone in her body stronger than steel, so how can she do that? It turns out, and this is why physics is very interested, that altered states of consciousness uh, are different. The laws of physics change. And in one state, your ability in guessing can be 400 times over statistical inference. And, uh, you know, thinking with the gut, working with instinct. Um, in another form, you know, you go uh, control breathing, your martial arts can become paranormal because while you're in an altered state, controlling breath control and you're changing your perception of time, what you're doing is the precision of Tai Chi when your martial arts is a form of Hangao. Are you a uh, martial arts or Tai Chi or... Do you do that? On do I practice that? Well, historically, okay. When I was four years old, I went to China and ended up uh, in Buddhist missionary schools in the Philippines. Mom was into a China theater, so they left me to these things. And at age four, I was Caucasian in 1948. Uh, I got beat up a lot, and I learned how to fight on my back. I also learned how to f play chess in the streets of the Philippines. And so I got it all. When I came to uh, Seattle, where I grew up as a child, went to grade school and so on, after my 
tour in, in the Philippines. I studied under John Leong, uh, and then uh, became a world uh, world uh, 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 champion in Double Sword, which is the eighth movement of Tai Chi. Tai Chi, uh, the eighth movement of it is uh, extending your chi with two swords. And uh, same movement, it's just you're 30 inches out further, and of course, because of having studied with some world-class teachers, I learned secrets on how to control my perception of time, and so I could take my Tai Chi and move it into martial arts. I'm not a martial artist, I'm a nerd, and uh, basically have never really been in a fight outside of a ring, even as a Navy SEAL, I usually... I'm not interested in fighting. I just will gently put somebody down so nobody gets hurt. I, you know, I, I you know I don't use martial arts to show off. I use it to survive, kind of like hunting for deer. I you know only do it when I need to eat. When can I attend your uh, ESP workshops? Are they? Do I have to come to LA or? Where will I no, I've, I've had, I had one here uh, a couple months back at Taprock. It was really cool. People came in from all over the world. But um, I do these occasionally. I'd love to do one in Florida. Uh, what I'll do is um, I'll measure your your. Yeah, get a baseline on you. First thing I do is I do an ESP test. We find out where you are, and uh, then I go through what I discovered working with Edgar Mitchell and the ESP studies I did with James Ertak and uh, uh, several others, uh, Theodore Pierkos, others, and we made a discovery. There's an altered state very close to consciousness that if you can go right to that place right there, your ability in guessing can increase 400 times. And we use that on the psychic networks to set up evaluations where we would measure the quality of someone's uh, you know, the psychic hotlines and things of that nature. And then what we do is go in and fine-tune them, take them to the next level, show them how to really fine-tune it. Back in the early 70s, um, Duke University, actually it wasn't Dr. Ryan's lab anymore. It was called the Foundation for the Study of Man, had moved across the street into a, a large sorority house. And they came and measured in the first psychic tournament that had Gene Dixon, and uh, Civil League, others that were there, and I won the tournament demonstrating a SEAL technique I trained SEALs in uh, that uh, I won it by three orders of magnitude. I, I, you know, that the systems are, once you have in your mind's eye how something works, that's what makes it happen, not physics. Physics itself is like religion. It's a closed system. That's why you have two brains, and you're somewhere Malcolm in the middle. And what you're doing is trying to get through this weird place we call consciousness, which, by the way, isn't really real. What's real, uh, there are dream states that have more content of reality, like lucid dreaming has more content to what's actually going on in the physical world and consciousness does. Consciousness, by most uh, aborigines, other kinds of more advanced tribes like the Hopi, others would say it's a dream state. And uh, because you're not actually, you know, seeing reality, what you're doing is filtering it. 
And so we go into things like belief systems where you would say, I wouldn't have seen it if I hadn't believed it. And uh, couches, our belief systems and our cultural values, cultural, set up what realities we have available to us, whether it, these doors are open or not. And changing your worldview allows you different accesses to the world. One of the reasons I might say a Buddhist can be a Christian, but a Christian couldn't be a Buddhist. If you were a Christian and two aliens walked in the door, could you see them? If you don't believe in that kind of thing, it would be like the Indians uh, on a shoreline looking out at the sea and not having any concept at all of what a, what a ship is. And that's what the basis of a shaman was the individual in the tribe that was outside the box and could, you know, often see things that most of the other tribe could not. So that's in uh, a movie we made called With the Bleep. Anyway, I just, oh, you know, I've been around a long time. My backgrounds in science are solid. I have two doctorates in physics. I have one in, in medicine, anesthesiology, Harvard. And then I have uh, Jungian psychotherapy. So I'm, you know, I'm balanced and trying to figure this whole thing out, and I've just come to the conclusion it's not knowable. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. <laughs> so, were you in what to believe? Um, yes, I was. There were several people then. You remember Jeffrey Mishlove? Mishlove, who wrote Roots of Consciousness, was one of my students at Evergreen. Can you believe that? Back at Washington State, wow. in Washington, State of Washington, years and years ago. So was Fred Allen Wolf. They're both students of mine Ooh. back then. <laughs> I'm that well, old. Well, that's my daughter's. I, I know that's okay. You're not that old. You're you're you just have a long existence in this. Uh, well, I've been life. around a long time. I'm starting to smell bad. Yeah. I you know it put me out of my misery. You know that kind of thing. Oh come on, come on, come on. Now I want I want to revisit what you said, and then I you have something to say, TJ. This is Janet, by the way. Because um, it's very profound. I have a lot of lucid dreams. I spend a lot of time, and I was part of, uh, what was it, Project Stargate. TJ and I were both recruited. Yeah, 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 no, we were all part of that, yes. Yeah, yeah so we were all part of that. And uh, so this is like the whole the whole key to the whole thing. We can change this existence. All we have to do is believe in it. So if we don't <laughs> like it, switch the channel. Uh, do something else. It, we're not a Well, sometimes, right? uh, okay, there, 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 there's another part. You're talking about conscious awareness, which constitutes possibly only one-tenth of who you really are. There's the other nine-tenths of your cerebral cortex, the, the not-I part of self, the guardian angel, the part that you might associate with as God, watching you watch yourself. And right. that's where it all happens. And so maybe you and your consciousness don't want something to happen. But like Dad said, that's too bad. You know, like I remember, <laughs> well, yeah, it's like uh, your higher self has a different goal in mind than greed, lust, sloth, you know, jealousy, rage. You know, all the different things that we form as wounds. And it turns out... Our wounds are our actual blessings from God. I mean, you get burned by your husband and you have a bad relationship or something like that, and then you start to become shy of men or something. This is what 
separates you from being me. And so that's the place where uniqueness is in terms of your skill sets and what you can do, I can't. And uh, once you recognize that, uh, it, that a bad thing isn't necessarily a bad thing, it is man that polarizes everything. Everything's neutral. Like, right. like you look at the fence over there and that fence, and it's a brown fence. It's, you can see it's brown, but you really can't see the other side of the fence, so you're making an assumption. And, in fact, it's black. And so the correct answer, when the good Reverend Jackson says, is that fence black or brown, the correct answer is yes. It's all possibilities because you can't see the other side. That's what makes you human. So can you change, what, what I'm getting is um, that you can change your perspective of who you are, oh, where yeah. you are, and continue reflecting upon Absolutely, placebo. You know, what okay. you think is happening in your health probably today accounts for 60% of what's going on. That's why psychedelic uh, uh, are, are being touted in medicine right now, because healing on a spiritual level and it proliferates down into the physical level. How much of that is in belief systems? Right. And well, they, so, you they, know, they, well, then there it is. And, yeah, so that's why... ...the LSD research and discovered that, you know, he, he could just cure 99% of the people in... Yeah, that's why I would say, yeah, I, I would say that man is responsible for the thoughts he chooses to entertain and is why all your saints in history have stressed the importance of meditation and training the mind. Right now, most all of us in our conscious set think that's reality and are running amok. No wonder the world's going into a hell in a handbasket. It's, uh, you know, them and us, and there's a high likelihood that we've been invaded by something. Black goo, who knows? I mean, you know, I know that I don't know, and in some manner, there's a high likelihood we may never know because it doesn't really work like that. So what is Can I ask you a question? What black goo is? Okay, go ahead, FTD, but I, I do want to, somewhere in there ask answer what black goo is because something like that's like so important. Yeah, just like the of I listen, I can get real creepy on that. You know, in the woods and what we call molds uh, in the woods. We have black molds in Oregon that are toxic and into anything. And uh and they're like a conscious type of life form with possible intent. Right, so that's what the whole the, the, one of the theories was. They rated Granada because it had the black goo. And then well, they here's the deal. And it got loose. If, if you th- yeah. how did Merlin put it to Arthur? Oh, I didn't see this. Uh, no, what he said was, <laughs> you know, anything not specifically forbidden is mandatory. If it's possible, you can count on it. Well, do you think that black right. goo just became a meme for uh, nanotechnology, possibly, in the intergalactic region of plasma gases? I think that AI would like to see 5G, yeah, um, you know, as a life well, form taking over. I, when I was a child, I wrote a science fiction story that was kind of like 
before computers. This was back in 58, 1958. Remember where we were then. And mine was about this massive computer that took had, had the sum of all of man's knowledge. We'll call it the Internet today. Okay, and they turned the machine on. This is me writing it at age 15. And then they asked it the big question, is there a God? And the computer didn't even pause. It said, there is now. Now, which came first, <laughs> the chicken or the egg? And when you realize that silicone-based life forms and Gaia, you look at the soil out here, it's mycorrhizae. It's a hierarchy like your gut of a number of different resonant cavity oscillators setting up a communication system that somehow is outside space-time. So how does that work? And when you talk about an AI, were they here before us or did man create it? Well... Or Again, we the answer is yes. Are we AI? That's one of the theories, too. We already are AI. Well, singularity. I can tell you, alive. <laughs> I, I have no interest in going into singularities. And let me tell you the secret here. There is a third-generation D-Wave technology that's now being deployed in Chicago, just like in the movies, to predict crime 28 minutes before it occurs. Now, the, right. okay, here's the deal. You say you can, a computer can predict what you're going to do before you know how to do it because you're coming from a place of wounding. And if you changed the wound and used it as an asset, then that is, because see, man doesn't have free will. He has true will. If free will would presume you had full disclosure. You don't. Right. And because you don't, you don't have free will. You have true will. Now, What's your, true will? your purpose, What's true will? Miss, Miss Phelps, you know, Mission Impossible, is to find out <laughs> why you're supposed to be here, your purpose. And the distinction between intent and purpose is a very fine line of being inflamed, a man on fire. The difference is an AI can absolutely predict what you're going to do 28 minutes before you do using your concept of wounding. But if you use your wound and you now are here for purpose, that's when Alistair Crowley said, none shall say nay. You're not in conflict with anything, and the AI can't see you. And that's the okay, difference so between intent and purpose. So let's, let's look at that. So... We had the wound, and I'm a, I'm a, a therapist. I've worked with thousands of people. My husband works with thousands of people, and we go people, bring people down to their core. My husband trained with Stan Groff. They did LSD psychotherapy. You go down to the core, whatever they use. You get down to the core. You break it into a subpersonality. You identify. You can start your process, reprogram, and do all kinds of technologies. So are you ever free of your wound when you're in this 3D human life? And if so, how do you know you've arrived? Okay, so that's why the Buddhist wrote the Bordeaux at all, the Tibetan Book of the Dead. And it talks about the moment of death and what happens to consciousness and the last decision-making choice you're given. And the Kubler-Ross talks about it as the tunnel of light, you know, like uh, even Alexander uh-huh. and others that have written on that. And then right. there is the blue light getting off the wheel. And the tunnel of light, 
seems to sound and sense a lot like the birth canal. It's outside space-time. And you, when you talk, at the moment of death, there is a five-gram weight loss in the body of all humans. Right. What is that? Well, the Egyptians used to call that the ba, to be distinguished from the ka. One was immortal and one was mortal, the stag and the unicorn in the forest, soul and spirit within matter. And when you realize that what you're losing is pro- it's on the outside of the body, it's called chi. Uh, Hammeroff, others have talked about microtubules with structured water in it. And that's a physical representation of the soul. And that five grams is enough of a computer chip using structured water to have all the past and future lives you could imagine. And so it, going back into what is today called the multiverse. Tomorrow we'll have the polyverse, who knows. Uh, you know, we had the universe, and then we had the, the reflected universe and the expanding universe, and now we have it, it, the laws of physics change every 20 years. What remains true is imagination. We didn't have a 3D printer until Star Trek showed us a replicator. Right. Once you see it so, in your mind's eye, that's what makes it real. That's what makes you be able to re- reverse engineer it, too. You can get the concept. So I'm going to go back to the wound, though, because you, you call the wound a critical thing. As to, I'm uh, having trouble hearing you also, AI. by the way. Okay, the wound. You were talking about the wound, right? The what? We're, we're defined by our wound. Wounds, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, your wounds. That's how we yeah, wounds are when I came out of the birth canal and somebody hit me and took me off to be fingerprinted, and oh yeah, they chopped my dick off circumcision. Now, oh, you won't remember that. Well, those are wounds that affect our behavior. Can you get a lot differently than a dog in the way it's weaned or whelped in a litter? Mm-hmm. Can you get past your wounds? Because you said that the you said something about AI. I, I, I lost the thread. I should have wrote it down. But you said something well, about AI. Well, it's all right. We'll talk about AI. If you're wanting to go to the black goo concept of were they here first, I don't know. In fact, no. I'm talking about the wound. It may not work like that. What was that? Well, you said the wound and the AI had a connection. What was the connection between the wound? Okay, and the, AI? the AI works from wounding point of view because those are algorithms. But when you're okay, doing your true will, theoretically, you're in the flow. That means you're not in conflict with anything. How does it recognize or even see you? Okay, so That's the, not, and, and you don't ever get true. there. You don't ever get there because it's like Simon says, you can go halfway to the door. It's a protocol that you think about the door and you forgot it's all about the journey has nothing to do with an end game any more than art is a final product. So let me, so let me keep, I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm unpacking this because you, <laughs> you and CJ download stuff and you have to unpack it to get what's really going on because you're saying very important things. So when you're not in conflict, so when you're neutral, when you're the Buddha, when you're reflective, when you're the, the yeah, the Buddha is a good place. Yeah, doing the yeah. echo, the epoche, right? You reflect it back all the way to source in epoche of all of the, your sub variations and multiverse uh, variations of yourself, and you're seeing your entire self. 
That is saying AI won't see you. So what what exactly is AI that we have to be concerned that it does? It That's another see kind you. of life form. But it's all part of source. Everything is. Well, that's an assumption, and basically, here's here's where you're going. Here's where you need corrections. Before you do anything, you have assumed truths, and then from the assumed truths, you do definitions before you even get into laws and postulates and all the rest of it. And you just made an assumed truth. You said it's the da 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 da. The shortest distance between two points is a straight line. It's not anymore. Not, Which means right, yeah, that with okay. certain mathematics, I can prove the Earth's flat. Is the Earth flat or round? And the correct answer is yes. yes. You chose okay. which way you want to see something predicated on what doors you want to have access to. So then, a quantum so mechanical or, or a quantum universe has uncertainty in it. That's Heisenberg. Which okay. means the more you know about one thing, Unless you know about something else. That's the distinction of going from an analog into a digital system or quantum mechanical world. So if you go into a holographic world, the measurements are not made on space and time. They're made on information and resolution of information. By choosing a different way to look at something, all of a sudden a bunch of doors are open that were not available to you previously. Okay, that is where imagination steps in, and it's not to presume a theory of everything is very presumptuous. Doesn't so work the like that. The truth that I was examining, the assumed, the assumed truth that I stated, that we were reacting. Yeah, to, yeah. That and when you, you said, well, everything's connected, but it might not be. Let me, let me finish my sentence. I'm saying. Has everything already been created, which was Einstein, or are we yet to create? Because if it's all been created and it cannot be destroyed but only changed and formed, that's an assumption. Is that true that's, or not? Yeah. Or is that a yes vote? Or no, because it's both. It's a yes. I mean, you know, it's, it's both true and not true. And that's why I trained SEALs to be able to change a belief system like they would a pair of clothing. Because beliefs are arbitrary and should be used as tools. And when they're not functional, like a sweater in the heat of uh, summer, you don't necessarily throw it away because it's a very very comfortable belief like Christ or whatever. But you fold it neatly and put it in a drawer for use later when it's cold. Now, Dr. Miller, my turn, Janet. (laughs) My turn, Janet. Dr. Miller. (laughs) I would like to uh, ask you how to assist uh, members in my social networking groups. I have a lot of people that do use various uh, words, you know, and I know that you are into comparative linguistics. And would you say that those that follow our physics in today's time as theoretical physicists as i.e. Big Bang Theory and go to all these cons for uh, myths and legends or Comic-Con, there was a movie or a TV show that you started with that I'd like to talk about because they're good actors. And But I need to know, how can we come up with a good glossary 
besides the Ascension Glossary that many of us star seeds because I understand what you're saying and how to be in both places, and I use a different point of origin than most sure. off the sure. planet. I don't, I don't start with my point of origin in my physical container. Now, can you tell me, is that what many of us star see? Are we in that? In that linguistic case, it's the way we. Um, John Baum, a mathematician, wrote a, a, a major work called the Implicate Order. Um, he did it in the 80s. Uh, later, after the uh, theoretical uh, holographic concept of reality. Now, Baum's concept was to distinguish between different similarities and similar differences. It's the way we chunk into a system of what we call memes. And that led to uh, a group called Cybernetic Anthropology. By, uh, the best reading on that would be Brain, Symbol, and Human Experience by Laughlin, D'Aquile, and McManus. It's a textbook I used when I taught metaphysics at Harvard. I taught metaphysics at Harvard for 11 years as a graduate level course. And John Mack took my course in the third metaphysical, uh, third course I taught of 15 courses. And, and uh, at that time, that's why he started his alien abduction studies. And I went right straight into him as his teacher. And I said to him, you're not going to prove the existence of God with these studies. What you can do as a clinical psychiatrist is treat the malady or wound that these people have encountered. And that's what his whole studies were about. Not trying to prove if aliens are real or not, because huh, how could they not be? Well, David right. Bowen, Imagination John, is reality. How could they not be? John, John Mack was a colleague of my husband's, Dr. Sasha Alex Lesson, and they studied together understand Groff. So they were looking at non-ordinary states of consciousness, and they studied for two years. They were in a second level Groff certification right when all this stuff was coming out. So you guys hung together. <laughs> like you, you were very, uh, you know, you're, you're contemporaries of each other. My husband's 78 uh, years old. and you're I'm 75, yeah, yeah. Right, and I don't know how old John Mack would be. If he was and I smell that. Well, John's dead now, but, you know, and, and that, by the way, John got killed because he was in France looking the wrong direction when he stepped out into traffic. It wasn't. Well, he was actually in, in the U.K. He was talking to Oh, U.K., excuse me. Yes, that's where I meant, yeah. yeah he was at, but the traffic, yeah, he, was looking, he looked the wrong direction. I mean, you know, it's a metaphor. That's what they, and, that's what they say. That's what they say. But well, I walked with him, and he, I walked with him several times in, in um, New Mexico when we were at a conference together. And, and John wasn't a klutz like that. He, he didn't ever, like, walk out in front of cars. They were saying he was absent-minded and did shit like that. But he didn't do that. I, was, I walked with him all through the streets. You know, well, I died. have been nearly bushwhacked in Australia. Same thing. I, you know, you get into habits of the way you do something, and when you go into a different universe where they've switched the goals on you and red is no, up is no longer down. That's Jimi Hendrix. Right. And, well, what happens next is there's a paradigm shift. And what it, what's needed is uh, a way to handle it. That's Gregory Bateson. What is your metaphor but to serve your paradox? Dr. And so, of course, I'll have two 
ox out in my meadow. Dr. Paradox. <laughs> Just kidding. Us talking Paradox, together. Yeah. I would like to I'd like to create uh for people listening that follow us in social media. We have various groups that people come together in the UFO Association or in the uh, UFO Secret Space Command. And I'm sorry that Dr. Our, our Ken's not here. I'm sure you would have appreciated speaking with him. But uh, the one we call Fleet Commander, how can you help me help others in all these social media groups that we're bringing together? The 50th anniversary of MUFON is coming up. And a lot of people that I work with, I don't know that they'll be able to make it because times are tough with the financial arrangements in the world right now, which you can appreciate. But I think the there's going to be uh, more disclosure. I'm not talking about Greer either. I, I think that – I don't know about Trump, but I'm going to say that there is a number of military in my universe that now want to give more disclosure to the public. And well, there are things that we uh, artifacts, um, uh, stuff like on the moon, uh, you know that so-called spacecraft that's crashed on the other side of the moon that nobody can see is probably Buddhist. And uh, we've been here before, Vermont. We have had flying machines. It's right now they're excavating down near Popo in uh, uh, down south of. Uh, uh, what is it uh, uh, in Mexico? Uh, the, the, the Clovis culture that they're un- uncovering, and it turns out they had spaceflight. You go over to France and you look in the Cave of Dreams, and this bison on the wall, you know, planted by a by a caveman. Well, it has dots around its eye. It's a perfect star map. And you go further of, of space, you go further south, and the star maps are in reverse because they were witnessed from space. And we've been here before. Well, there's no question. I've been to Antarctica. I did that for another project, and I've seen things that I don't understand. And the big one that bothers me most about Antarctica is that when I saw the Nazi bases, there were 19 clips there. Down further was a Viking base from the 14th century. Where is that in the history books? The island of Thule, which is where they they staged everything going into Antarctica, um, is what the Thule Society was all about. Here we have comic books coming in with Hellboy again. I mean, we're t- that is the purpose of Hollywood, is that once an idea has gelled in a science's eye, uh, science eye, let's say, they put it to movie, and that's what makes it real. So if we put right. it in a movie, it becomes real in today's reality. Is that what you're that's saying? That's correct. Yes. That, and, and this reality is a dream state. So it's a temporary a place. We're here for only a few moments, and we come back periodically because – and there are individuals that have genetic memory, like the Dalai Lama. Right. You know, there, I mean, well, there's, there's different kinds of life forms on Earth. And uh, there's uh, – Pierce Brosnan did a movie called Nomads that is very accurate. I had, was – when I worked for the military, they sent me in – to weird places to check out life forms, Bigfoot, a Wendigo, you know, that kind of thing. And I've encountered things that I have no explanation for what it means. 
My mouth is open in disbelief. I'm catching flies. What have, you, in pers- what have you personally seen in terms of I did a shapeshifter. I, I did a shapeshifter in Oregon. They, uh, I, uh, the, the, the shapeshifter that I did uh, was in Grants Pass, where I live now. Um, I was here about 42 years ago. The, the shapeshifter was a, uh, looked like a coyote, and it was oh maybe 100 yards from me. And it looked at me, and rather than bolting, it came straight at me, and just before it reached me, it turned into a wisp of smoke between my legs. Another thing that I've seen was the Oregon Vortex. That was one that bent light. I had an interferometer in an aircraft at 20,000 feet, and that that phenomena was bending light at 20,000 feet. And there's only one thing in nature that I know of that will bend light like that, and that's a mini black hole. And that's Captain Cathay and the Harmonic 33 and some of the other things where they talk about node lines. There are anomalies in the Earth that bend certain kinds of uh, light. But right now, the Mississippi River is what is stopping the weather going across the river like as like a witch. You want to get a witch off your tail, you cross running water. You know the old the old the old mythologies. But the Mississippi, for example, everything on this side of the Mississippi is under flood. And having what we call a uh, a bomb tornado, and the other side is starting to be spring. How does that work? So how is know. that working? Well, okay, <laughs> I can tell you that the Russians, back when I was studying, we knew about aliens at the time I was doing my studies in the 70s, but... We were more concerned about what Russia was doing, and so while aliens were important, they aren't to the level that they are today, that the Russians were and what they were doing. Now, the Russia didn't have high-end technology, but Czechoslovakia did, and that psychic discoveries behind the Iron Curtain that Ostrander and Schroeder wrote about, there were some dead-on things, and one of them was called Cosmobiology. And they still use that, where the storms on Jupiter affect man's consciousness here on Earth, just like the tides do. They called those tactic tides, and Jupiter and Uranus, it turns out that when a woman is born, there is a biological clock that is ingrained in her on the phase angle of the moon, the Earth, and the sun. And that was Yonef's work called the lunar sex cycle of the woman. And she ovulates when it's in this position. If she moves to a different part of the Earth, that ovulation cycle changes, just like the geography. Well, the one I did was planet Uranus. Planet Uranus is so far away, there is no known laws on how it can affect the planet Earth. And yet, when it was in a specific geometry with this and the Earth and the Sun, there was a 99.9975% probability of a major earthquake. That was called, the Department of Interior did that study. And uh, they wanted a, a precursor to predicting earthquakes. Today, Suspicious Observer and others are using the sun, but originally it all came out of cosmobiology, which was the difference between astronomy and astrology. So you were, what are they using to create that uh, difference between the sides of the Mississippi? 
At this juncture, yeah, the New Madrid fault line has got some other anomalies on it that I can't tell you, well, it's because of running water and, uh, you know, creating an ion drive, da-da-da-da-da. Nobody knows. We're speculative right now. It's open to for question, just like ley lines are and what they mean. Feng Shui, you know, the Chinese concepts of balance. I don't know. You don't I know. I can tell you. Can you speculate what is causing this? These, uh, besides pollution and the, you know, the impact. I think the there's an electromagnetic balance going on inside the earth that the fault lines represent. I think that we're not a molten core. I think we're a plasma. Like we, right. like, you know, others have suggested a plasma universe. And if that's so, well, we have several North Poles right now. One's moving and one is stationary. You know, we have a magnetic one. We have, and, and that's where the pressures on the earth sometimes come from behind not from the sun we uh, in 19 uh, in 2010 the earth went through what are known as dragon tails in deep space and the pressure on the back part of the earth caused the magnetic fields of the earth to switch for about 12 hours and it was a phenomena that we noted uh, everybody acted weird like they do in lunacy you know there's behavior uh, you, you get a headache, you this, you know, you itch, whatever. It, it, everybody has a different way it manifests into your consciousness. But you're aware of it. You can't put your finger on it. And it's like because it's something more going on. Janet, can right. you so, Ken, if you can get Ken, Ken on tried. here tonight? I, to, to the I He's not uh, answering. I left message on both phones, and I sent him an email. So I told him uh, to come on, even though we started. Um, okay. wait, I'm on to Corral. Uh, well, <laughs> Dr. Miller. Now, let me ask. Wait, let me ask you a question, and then you can ask one. Uh, because I was, you just said a lot of stuff there. You guys so are like in a candy here. store. <laughs> and we are. We are. We got to talk to Miller. We got to ask all these questions. I wanted to ask you. Uh, you just said all that stuff about, you know, is, does uh, Nibiru or the uh, second sun, uh, you know, have any inf- uh, impact on this global warming, which actually seems to be the whole inner solar system is warming up, right? Am I correct? There's something happening to the Earth right now that's not oh, – it's likely. It's a possibly not a bad thing as much as it's an opportunity. For example – Right now, the Earth is in a deep BS with capitalism and communism. And that whole thing with the grid down is going to change everything, whether you like it or not. And so if it's going to change, which is the rule, well, now we have an opportunity. My glass is half full. It's an option in the way you choose to see what's going on. So we'll talk about that. Uh, TJ, go ahead. Your question, but that, that brings us into a whole thread of thought, like how is this going to change and how can that be positive? But go ahead, TJ. Well, it doesn't Sorry, have to be a problem so much. There's too many people on Earth anyway, right? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but the Earth is about to localize the infection. You can count on her. 
Well, Doctor, okay. Doctor, I guess Janet had a whole list of questions I didn't speak today. <laughs> okay, cool. That's, I wanted Ken to come on and bring you into this military. Usually I use Friday for my uh, talks with the military, and I really wanted to bring you into that because of who you were at the Pentagon and with my military people that are listening tonight because Friday night is – very male-based on how our military are coming to, like you said, want to come into disclosure and being a part. And I met many men that appreciate. Here's a good one. Was Was the Pentagon actually hit by an aircraft or a cruise missile? And how come that has not been resolved by the media? That's a good question. It was an inside job, of course. Just like Building 7, when you watch a 1,017-foot steel beam fall in free fall into gas, there's only one thing in the universe that does that, and that's a plasma. It isn't jet fuel. So you're you're on the side of the plasma beam. Well, it isn't that. I'm a physicist. Get a grip. I mean, you watch this steel beam fall in free fall. How does that work? That just doesn't happen. That was a new weapon. It's called a neutron fullerene fusion bomb. The trigger mechanism was Lockheed and their teleportation laser, and the trigger mechanism was developed at Carnegie Mellon. And uh, that was a Mossad weapon that was given to the U.S. that was first deployed in 9-11 as an experiment. While everything else is going on, it's called plausible deniability, and now everybody's got it. They're using it in Golan Heights, and here's the bad news. The the fullerene, neutron fullerene fusion bomb has the precision of 1.4 nanometers. That's just the spacing in a buckyball, a C60 buckyball, to slide one deuterium water molecule inside that thing, and now you have a fusion weapon with, oh, guess what? No forensics. And I'm, I, I, you know, caught, I, I got attacked when I was writing the article. Once I displayed, the article was done. They taught, they stopped the attack because the damage was done. That's what I do for military. I put dots together. And well, you know, about- in terms of what's going on in our country, the first thing I would criticize is media. Media. What has happened to the Walter Cronkites? That's the way it is. You know, well, I'll get a grip. I mean, I I watched Dan Rather come on, and now these shills that are on today. I mean, you used to jump from CBS and go over to Fox because at least you felt you were getting a balance in another side of the picture. Today, it's all shill, and I call it out to everybody. It's time that you demand true news reporting because nobody's doing it. There's well, no such animal, and there never has been. It's all propaganda, <laughs> you know. You, there's no. It's it's, a, it's just like religion. It, you're you're demanding the true religion or the one. That's not going to happen. Yeah, how did Gecko put it in like the movie religion. Wall Street? Greed is good. Yeah, right. For whom the bell tolls. I I'm going to say that greed is one of the fallen angels. And, it, you know, the deadly sins, they, it depends on what culture and appendicides, wherever you want to go, there it is. Greed 
is uh, it's um, having more than you need because, you know, you're a squirrel <laughs> or whatever. I mean, how does that work? And really, it's not about the physical well, pain. Hoarding's a mental illness, so just get that. So these yeah, it is. It, it is. Hoarding is a melting And the difference between an addiction and a tool is a very fine layer of gray. That's a good point. So, I like that point. Would you proceed with yeah. that, please? Well, the distinction is a process. You never get to the balance of your right and left brain, religion and science. You're Malcolm in the middle, and you're working in a balance, a very delicate balance. And I'm going to say there are probably as many religions in the world as there are individuals. Yes. Right. And the reason you go right. to church is for fellowship, for reinforcing a value or belief system you choose to want to hold tight. If you had been born in Afghanistan, you would not be a Christian. So, so right. with that said, well, it isn't that it's superior. As a matter of fact, Christianity, as it's practiced today, is its own worst enemy. And the Church of Rome is Exhibit A. And with that placed down on that, I'm, you watch what happens with your last pope this century in your lifetime. Watch it happen. Well, I'd like to ask you if you're familiar with the Mormon church meeting with the pope. <laughs> the religion formed on a close encounter, yes. I've got Mormons, and notice they don't call them congregations up in Idaho and Montana. They're called clutches. A Denonite and the wrath of God. And actually, I, I don't get me started, man. I, I mean, I am an extremely. We're winding them up. We're winding them up. <laughs> I'm an extremely religious man in or spiritual. It isn't what you do, but how you do it is where spirituality lies. Not what you do, but how you do it. That is how you get closer to the Lord. Do you know of Jack Sarfordy in L.A. Do went, area? Do you know Jack Jack Sarfordy? Yeah, Sephardi, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I'm not hearing the word, so I'm not Jack sure. Sarfordy, or Sarfordy. He, he was influenced uh, David Bohm, B-O-H-M. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jack I know Sarfati. David. I, I know these people. I grew up with them. And did you know John Stuart Bell or yes. Jack Sarfati? Jack Sarfati. <laughs> Jack, I mean, I got stories on him, man. Uh, yes, when Harvard was doing their studies in 1964, when it was LSE was still legal, uh, Harvard selected 12 geniuses that they were going to give LSD to. Sarfati was one, by the way, uh, uh, from Harvard in 1964. And Leary came all the way up to Seattle. I was 20 years old, 1964. And um, he first talked to my mom, and then he went to Pullman, Washington State University, and talked to Professor Riggins, because nobody had ever heard of LSD before. And here I am, a young kid, experiencing my first uh, LSD 25, there it is, Bill Osley, and I'm up at 
Deception Pass and Hurricane Ridge looking 2,000 feet down straight into Puget Sound. And the colors were boiling back. And Larry leaned over and he said, wouldn't it be neat to jump? And what happened to me next is that every single thing that I do now is a result of that moment when I realized how vast inner space is. Way, way more vast than millions of light years and galaxies. I watched all these doors closing, bam, 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 like the doors of perception closing. I didn't want to hear this. I didn't want to think that. I watched my process of survival, and I learned something. And what I've done is instead of learning, now I'm studying where I integrate what I've learned and make it mine. And each of us has to do this. It's a journey that each of us has to do. And is man going to make it? Well, the good news is that I am you, and you are me, and I am the walrus, which means if I've got it, you're going to get it. And that's that. And whether you get off the couch at this moment or you do it in another lifetime is irrelevant. It's already happened. Can we discuss the frequencies of the buckyball domes? Sure. Okay. Being that you're a physicist, and uh, could you explain why we use that in some alternative uh, fuel and uh, sure. not? Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. So what um, carbon is so cool, I said, sixth in the periodic chart, is that it bonds to itself continuously, which means you can have nanosheets, one molecule thick, atom thick, of carbon going flat. And if you have 60 or 120 carbon atoms because of its structure, it will form a ball. And that is Bob Marshall. Bob Marshall worked for Buckminster Four. Nobody could understand him. Buck hired me to come in and, and translate for him, and that led to a new book I have coming out called The Marshall Papers. And Bob Marshall was an idiot savant, and he came up with the vector equilibrium matrix and the buckyball concept of carbon and the way it bonds with itself. Now, when you have 60 molecules that are bonding of carbon, it forms a ball, the space between one carbon atom and the next is 1.4 nanometers, just enough space to put a single water molecule, whether it's H2O, H3O2, we're going to talk about exclusion zone water in a minute, deuterium or tritium. The size of the molecule is 1.4 nanometers for water. Now, water is not necessarily, that's based on Jerry Pollack's work at the University of Washington. Jerry was my lead in 1970. He's the one that hired me from Boeing to start working in anesthesiology and where I got my second doctorate in in biophysics and then started working in acupuncture and the concepts of microtubules under John Bonica. This is before Hameroff was even a teenager. And we were uh, studying under Richard Nixon the concepts of acupuncture and how it would work, where you could poke yourself in the left arm 
and the right arm would have a reaction with no known circulatory system that would account for that. You know, blood didn't do it, nerve, nerve trunks didn't do it. How do you poke the right left, the left arm and have a reaction on the right arm? And that came from the barefoot doctor of the Neijing and dealing with acupuncture and the concept of qi. Now, qi is in martial arts, this ball that you bring in from just below the groin, below your, your gonads, it's outside the body, and you bring it up into your stomach and out from the stomach and push. And I watched Cassius Clay hit Sonny Liston, lift him up in the air, and flat down on his back out cold, and yet under closer inspection, Cassius Clay didn't even touch Sonny Liston. It was done with Chi. I've seen Sifus do it where they'll push you without even touching you, and he'll knock you across the room with an energy, which basically is microtubules with structured water in it. It's on the surface of your body. It is a part of who you are and contains information about your soul. And that's why there's a relationship going on here that we don't understand, and we don't have the words for it. But we all get it in our mind's eye. And Can I that's, ask you? that's where the yeah. magic is. Well, with you, me, and Janet, and Google, okay, today is very important, uh, April 5th, people, and uh, you mentioned about the uh, reporting. I'd like to have ACO news reporters that can be trusted, and even with artificial intelligence in the military, but Google today, uh, we're dealing with ethics, and they've disbanded their ethics committee. Because well, of yeah, the good news is we haven't gotten to the creepiest part yet because they're still working with algorithms, and while a third-generation D-wave can go rogue as a life form, um, it's uh, still working off algorithms. And once it changes and becomes truly alien when it's self-replicating, and there are, there are movies out on that right now. So there it is. You can count that. on it. I thought that was already done when we in, in, intersected the... Uh, well, the D-Wave technology out of Abbotsford is still working with algorithms. I do know the, the general manager, the guy that ran that company, has come out with concerns and fears, just like a bunch of us. Uh, we're, what we're doing is we're... Uh, it's like developing nuclear energy where we don't yet have the technology to just get rid of the, the, raw, the waste material. We're going to use this technology with the belief that we're eventually going to, in just in time, have a solution, which we don't. Well, when you worked around the uh, military, and, and I assume you can tell me around Area 51 because you told me I could discuss some things. Now, Janet, you may be interested in this, but I know Janet's got her whole idea of what she wants to talk to you about, but she can have you back on her radio show, <laughs> Janet. But I want Janet to hear What I want to do is have a workshop in Hawaii where I have to physically go there. <laughs> Okay, but uh, yeah. Like, uh, TJ, I have no agenda. I'm just going with the flow. Whenever, whenever uh, Dr. Miller says something, it sparks a uh, you know question in my mind, and I just go, "Whoa!" Because it's exciting, okay. right? Uh, okay. I, I have no agenda. I have no pre-printed, no pre-formulated uh, questions. It's just the flow of consciousness. Um, oh wow! Okay, well let's talk <laughs> yeah. about this with Dr. Let me. Uh, 
You know, I, I haven't got to talk to him as many times as you have, so I have all this stuff I've been building up. So go but ahead. Dennis, Let's like, go every, every, Dennis, other, every other question. You ask one, right. then I ask one. So go well, ahead. By the way, the answer is 42. <laughs> I thought it was the nine. <laughs> At least you're getting my nine. jokes. Gosh, you know, thanks for all the fish. <laughs> all right. Well, Dr. Miller, you know I love you, and I love to have fun with you, and I can't be your girlfriend, so we've established that. So it's a very important day. <laughs> well, that's all right. I have scars on my knuckles from dragging them. I'm an old man now, so you probably <laughs> need some younger houseboys. Well, uh, I'm working on that. So, <laughs> Cougar, uh, with regards to uh, how I fit into the scheme of your buckyball, <laughs> since I can't. It acts as an antioxidant. In fact, it is possibly the finest antioxidant there is. Ukraine studies later were followed up in France where they gave lethal doses of radiation to rats and then fed them fullerene waters and 95% survived. Now, what it does is that when water touches anything, it changes it. That's what we call the memory in water. It knows what it's touching. And it behaves differently to everything that it touches. If it touches air, the leading edge on the wave is moving a little faster than the wave itself, and you can surf. There's a exclusion zone water is hydrogen peroxide, H2O2, with a third hydrogen molecule, hydrogen added on, H3O2, that uh, holds the memory and what they call exclusion zone, like in a forbidden zone in solid state physics is the uh, the boundary between gallium and arsenic. And in that is where your register for information goes. And water, because it's so small, is one million times more efficient as a storage system than gallium arsenic, which is our current computer chip. And that means six zeros more efficient. And it's what our body is storing, who we are, who we will be, blah, 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 as a metaphor. Well, let me ask you this. In our race for AI competing in smart software with Amazon, Apple, Facebook, IBM, and Microsoft in the buckyball AI principles, and you and I can speak on languages that deal with uh, integrative medicine recruited into healthcare, but we know that AI works with healthcare. However, you being a physics major and teaching a people Navy, and I was Navy, and although Intelligence World apparently bought my contract, you and I are together for a reason today, and I would like to know, you said you wouldn't mind coming maybe over here to help us in some of our metaphysical groups or spiritual community with the ACO club. But if, let's say that may or may not happen in 2019, but 2020. Uh, Janet's here. Tommy's listening. How could you help us set up a journal for the ACO club for people that are outside of the normal with all these? Uh, well, they things? used to have those. You remember the Reverend J. Gordon Melton had uh, 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 psychic, uh, psychical research journal there there have been lots of there was uh who was it uh oh jesus let me think let me think let me think his name was uh charlie muses and uh uh uh, uh, uh what was that 
really important thing Charles Muses. Charles Charlie Muses was a mathematician at, at MIT that did um, uh, what we call uh, dimensional physics, and uh, which was precursor to fractal math and dealing with holographic systems, which is resolution of information. You know, like the physical plane, and then the next plane out is the emotional plane, how you feel about the physical plane, so it's actually more information about the same thing, and so you have your physical, emotional, intellectual, archetypal, you know, planes. These were the way information would fold in and out of itself, and metaphysics deals with meta beyond the physics. So that means beyond the physical plane. In other words, you have a worldview or model that is more encompassing, and the physical plane is simply a, a minor uh, 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 application to a spiritual plane. That's why today in these models that they're using would use uh, psychedelic mushrooms to heal you on a on a on a on a psychic level or emotional level that then would proliferate back down into the physical plane and your physical health or or homeostasis. Homeostasis for for each person is different. One person to be in this state is normal, and to another he would consider himself sick. Everybody's different, just like religion, and that is the length, width, and width of which being man, and the possibilities of options that man has in the diversity of possibilities. The thing that's bothering me is that we encounter what is evil, not good or bad, but evil. Now, evil, in my terminologies, I make a distinction between something that's evil and something that's bad. Bad and good is man, polarizing things. Evil is, I guess, my definition would be not human. Now, I've watched, as a metaphor, the change of the Democratic Republican parties. I've watched them change, and now I don't even understand them anymore. I remember the face on my look on my father's face before he died, when he realized he was no longer a Republican. It just destroyed him. And then I watch the Democrats advocating violence, and um, I don't say It used to be that the Democrats and Republicans, as a metaphor, both wanted the same thing for America, but they wanted to do it differently. Today, it's about globalism and 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 nationalism and one isn't even about america anymore and so i I, i'm appalled at how the the media is being used as a tool to create and change the minds of humans using how did the cia originally put it mind control no we we don't need mind control we have tv Richard, well, Richard, you knew that was going to happen with Orwell's 1984. They told us that all along. I watched. Surprise. I lived next door. I grew up as a child. I grew up next door to Ernest Callenbach. And Ernest Callenbach oh. wrote a book called Ecotopia, where Washington, Oregon, and California 
secede from the Union in 1984 and then open their doors. This was written before 1984. And Kallenbach Kallenbach wrote Ecotopia. Today, that man that's doing that mantle is Michael Tobias and Voice of the Planet out of Berkeley. And actually, there is a 10-part series with William Shatner um, going to Tibet and having conversations with a supercomputer that calls itself Gaia. And imagine that series that you have ne- How many people, raise your hands, have seen A Voice of the Planet by PBS? Where is it on Internet? You good luck getting it. You can't even get it with IBIB or any rentals. And yet, it was an incredible 10-part, ten 10-hour ten series with the Snow Leopard and the Usual Suspects about Berkeley and the concepts of ecology. And the media, again, has buried this kind of thing. And I... So who, who is the, the media? You're saying the media, but it's, it's who really is it, you know? Well, at one time, there was an attempt to try to do the right thing, but today, it's all about political correctness, and I kiss the back of her head, and she's going to scream, you know, sexual violence. That's crazy. That's crazy. It's all hooey. It's all hooey, and I'm saying it as a scientist, and I'm calling out everybody on it. And I, I, it's time we take back um, to teach 36 genders to grade schoolers is nuts. Well, let's. You know, in the tree of life, they, the way they have it, there's two. There are two primary paths to God: were the lovers and the hermit. And one is androgynous, and the other is with a reflected partner in the external plane. That's an androgyny, and that's the reason marriages don't last, where love comes and goes, and friendships are the highest form of love there is, because you, you try to find a mate that most accurately reflects that inner part of self, and that's James Hillman, my teacher, anima and animus, and uh, he, right. he has um, contaminated me to the point where I now am seeing union. Uh, uh, psychology, the, the third generation imaginal psychology as becoming a hard science just like physics. And I'm advocating it because I'm watching how altered states are tools in a toolbox where you go through these different altered states to do things in those states you cannot do in conscious state. And when you do that with direction of intent, now what you have done is begin to evolve into the next level of evolution in man's consciousness. Using these altered states as tools in a toolbox, your belief system, your brain, your upper brain that's normally associated with the mind is there to make all your beliefs true. Right. A so without a definition... Well, where can we go with that? Well, you might begin by thinking about draining the mind and becoming responsible for the thoughts you choose to entertain. Well, that requires well, let's gravity. Unpack that. Well, let's I'm going to start telling you, I was initiated to Sharon Singh himself. And when Sharon Singh, at that time, as prime minister of India, he looked me straight in the eye. And he said to me, personally, when he chose me for initiation, he said, at the moment of my death, 
that he personally would be there to take me across the abyss. Well, let's talk about, Dr., not the problems, but the solutions. I keep coming yeah. back to the ACO. I need you to help me with the four forces. And you know with a man and a woman or the sun and the moon, the two it's hard for two particles to get close together. And you are That's uh, I've written a book called The Modern Alchemist. And it's uh, 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 it's uh, modern alchemy and the path of stages that you have to go through from a Christian mystic's point of view for stages of personal development, including, you know, the uh, dark night of the soul. Uh, it's got every single path there. And in the end, the bad part is it's just like Christianity. It has the father and the son on the mount with the angel. And the problem I have with Christian mysticism, which is very solid and very sound as it flows with psychology, is basically what happened to mom. All right. There are four elements. Or not three. Yeah. The Trinity. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. Mary. What happened to mom? Yeah. She got left out in a lot of the religions. And when you go over the Muslim and and deal with that primitiveness, I mean, I can understand up to a certain point, but for me, I run my ship, Maritime Law. I am captain and commander, and I don't report to anybody above me now in the military. I have reached two-star general equivalent, and what I have is mine. And well, so I, I don't report to the president. I don't report to any general. Well, That's a GS-18 saying? status. And I'm telling yeah. you, most people don't even get it. No. They, they don't understand that, you know, like Christianity, the one thing that distinguishes Christianity above other religions is not making judgment on another. <laughs> Immense pressure. Now, well, imagine that. The very thing they're not supposed to do is what their leading problem is, just like all religions. And that's why religions are for fellowship. Yes. They are fellowship clubs, and that's what I'm trying to do, Doctor. I'm trying to put you in charge of our fellowship club here. <laughs> no, I can't. I've got enough aprons I have to wear and hat. I will be glad to be an outside consultant and come through and 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 do my you know Socrates thing, including the hemlock. <laughs> uh, we won't. We won't. The make you wear, suicide. We won't make you wear apron and carry a stick. Well, that's Masonic. Sorry, that's my Masonic okay. apron. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> do you have one? Are you a level thirty-two, or did, did you make it to thirty? I'm not American Mason Ray. I'm Blue Lodge. I'm a legacy to Zurich. My great-grandfather was Rudolf Steiner's lodge master. That's why I do children. That's why I do agriculture. I'm a legacy. Wow. I I have a 12-year-old that's doing his doctorate at Cornell. Now, in organic chemistry, what could I possibly mentor a kid like that? Well, we're writing a comic book. Awesome. Yeah, a kid got it. <laughs> got it big time. He's inflamed. That's what you want because children are our single most important natural resource. Exactly. 
so with our educational, I have a ministry of education, and we have the ACE Folk Life through the Smithsonian as well as the Ascension Center organization as ACO. So income spiritual science with folklore are our past. And that is bringing ancient mysteries and new thought teaching. Yeah, you just don't want to be Scientology. And, you know, there's. I. Uh, <laughs> we did one, uh, a movie, when I was first faculty at Evergreen. We wrote a movie called Eat the Sun. Then you will be your own father. Well, what's the name of your book? <laughs> Let's mention those. We're, we're, uh, we're, we want to mention the book you just mentioned about that you wrote. Modern Alchemist. Yeah, the Modern Alchemist is one I did uh, back in the early 80s, uh, 30-some years ago. It's used now as a graduate-level text in a lot of the colleges like at uh, Cornell and other places. It's uh, Jungian psychotherapy, and based on some of the work I did in studying under Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, James Ullman. All right, the Modern Alchemist, a guide to personal transformation. Is, I, I, now, that's a YouTube now, isn't it? But you wrote that. You're, you're the yes, actual. I did. Yeah. All uh-huh. right. Now, can we still get it on Amazon? No. I, I look, <laughs> I'm at war with Amazon. They are bootlegging all of my titles and why I am a literal starving artist now. I have, knock on wood, um, a class action suit about to level because I'm a David that's not big enough. I couldn't pick up a big enough rock to drop Amazon. And the bad news is, guess who moved into corporate just slightly above the top floor in Seattle? It's this firm that did gang stalking. There was a group out of Kirkland that put together protocols from Travis Stock on how to take drug dealers off the streets of New York City. You don't arrest them. You spook them out. And it worked. And so now they're deploying that everywhere. And guess what? Amazon just absorbed that as part of their structure. Well, is there something we can put together to use in our associations? Well, I have. If you go to my website, if you go to my website, every single thing you order off my website is autographed. Every single book. You buy 10 books, they're all autographed. I'm a small mom and pop. And Amazon is actually, um, I don't know if it's Amazon doing it or somebody using Amazon. My guess now is after three years at war with them that there is a rogue faction inside Amazon that's for hire. Ah, really? So you're and not getting I, I, money I think, for your book. I and I'm sorry? You're not getting your money, your royalties for your book. Yeah, they, I don't, they don't do anything. Uh, the, if I do this radio, um, I won't receive any incomes for anything ordered off of Amazon. And Amazon is doing four times the sales I am, which means that now I'm making them money, illegal money. They're doing it illegally and will at some point be stopped. Whether or not it happens in my lifetime, stay tuned. I don't know. It's, it all started when Ingram started using Lightning Source and Print on Demand. Because originally, and you'll see on Amazon how they sell books. There's either Print on Demand, like Amazon Prime, or there's a Mass Market Edition. And Mass Market Edition is where they do 2,000 copies plus. And all of my titles are being mass marketed, and I don't do that. 
I own all the copyrights, and they're doing it illegally. And if if you, if if you get a book of mine and it doesn't have an autograph, didn't come from me, and I didn't get a penny for it. Oh my goodness, are you serious? I'm serious. Yeah, that's how they took me out. They're taking people like me out methodically, and it's not a big deal. And I don't want to be uh, um, well, uh, um, what's that? Uh, um, uh, wound. I I, I don't want to I, I don't want to be wounded. What I want to do is move on and write more books. That's what I'm doing. I have a book right now. Check this title out. It's called The Magical and Ritual Use of Metaphor, Archetypal Gods in Daily Living, and there's 22 chapters in the big city. Well, Dr. Moore, it's a I metaphor. Know, I'm going to promote you uh, with my, my company, with me, and I am going to take your link, and uh, I'm on it right now, Dr. Richard Allen Miller, and I want your book. Well, the books are, look at how many books I've written. I have a book for every year out of graduate school. And right now, uh, the three that are in production is The Non-Local Mind and A Holographic Universe, How to Change the Movie. It's third in the series and goes to press next month. And then The Magical and Ritual Use of Metaphor. And the third is uh, Successful Farm Ventures in North America. It's another book on agriculture. I am MacGyver, and in that area, I have a nine-volume encyclopedia on alternative agriculture. I chaired the New Crops Development Board for the Oregon Department of Agriculture under two governors. This governor doesn't even have that division anymore. We are no longer an agricultural state. Well, let me ask you this. And normally I go to Amazon. I would like to tell people that are listening how to order your book. Just go to directly to my website. Yeah, my bookstore or my Facebook. If you go to Facebook, I'm DocRamCom, DocRamCom at Facebook and or RichardAllenMiller.com. And my bookstore is there, and I have audio books. I've got 15 courses, eight weeks each, and free download libraries of where I – did you know when I taught metaphysics at Harvard? What I've done now is provided my references as part of the audio book, so you can do your own study and come up with your own conclusions, not mine necessarily. You now I'll have Enoch or whatever, and you know talk about the different names of of demons that fell. That's what why Enoch, for example, was kept out of most of the Constantinople Bibles and things was that it gave you the name of the demon. When you have the name of the demon, you had control of the demon, Rumpelstiltskin. And it was like Raziel gave the names. And what I've done is I went to old Babylonian star maps where the lesser keys of Solomon came from, where the 72 fallen angels. It turns out in Sumerian periods, these were corresponding to Babylonian star maps that have changed. And the sigils have changed based on the magic squares and the name, like Ashtaroth, where A... Ch and what what happens is you you spell it out in, in, on a on a square of of numbers and what it does is it gives you a geometric sigil which is 19th century magic and it's like a metaphor of vibratory the Bibles are mostly books on science if you look at them correctly the Sefer Yetzirah for example the Book of Formation. <laughs> describes the difference in how a sound is related to a word to create a power. And so it, they're technologies. 
I've watched Buddhists, Tibetan Buddhists, have these big, long horns warm and compress the air so tightly it will lift. Large stones are lifted off the ground from a sound under it, and you can push them with a finger. Now, well, you, that is, these are the studies I did for the military. How do these things work? Most of our technologies are not alien. They're from previous epochs. Well, you're a wonderful teacher, and you're live on Teacher Marcy T Radio, and I hope you remember that we want to have you back. But I want to do more with you than just have you once every two years on my radio show. <laughs> You're welcome to do that. I I am available because what I am is a lead scout of trying to cause people to wake up and write their own books. Oh, really? And that's all we're going to evolve. Well, how, what are we going to do with uh, Amazon if if we're not getting the money? For... We're going to take them to court, and we're going to make them be able to buy my home. <laughs> they uh, actually have been really bad to me. And there's three other people I know of that are in the similar boat as me, uh, small publishers that are prolific and have pretty good sales. Every single one of my books, like the Magical and Ritual Use series, I wrote 45 years ago. One is the magical and ritual use of herbs, which kept those 28 herbs out of the Uniform Controlled Substance Act. The fact that I assigned rituals to them made them sacraments. The magical and ritual use of aphrodisiacs is tantric yoga and sex magic. And then the magical and ritual use of perfumes is how to blend odors for reaching into the brain and talking to it, which later led to aromatherapy and all the things we do now with crystals and whatever. Well, I'd like Janet to talk about that because she has the Tantra Temple. She also has the Ascension Center Network in Maui. So, Janet, I'd like you to get very familiar with Dr. Miller's work. I find it extremely fascinating, and I'd like to have the language available to our future webinar students especially with the New Horizons events and any other Stargate events we might have. What There's do you think, a, we're all starving artists. And today, you know, people are so engrossed in texting, they've lost the importance of darshan. You know, the eyeball to eyeball where you physically present and they can sense your soul. Who's Yeah. I agree. I agree. That's the idea of the personal connection, and that's what's lost today. Well, if I and bring you down here, if we get arranged something, I don't know. We need to have one meeting annually, Doctor. Well, if I do two or three workshops, well, both of us make a bunch of money, and uh, it's a wonderful way to spend an eight-hour period with me. I do them with ESP workshops. I do them on sustainable lifeboats like and a farming. Like if you're a farmer, I used to do with Chuck, Chuck Walters, Acres USA, where we would have a couple hundred farmers take a workshop from May and at the end of the day have a business plan. Each of them have a business plan on what they're going to do in alternative ag. And well, I've been doing now, that 35 years. Now, I know you're working with them and the government, but with Janet and me and Tommy and Tommy's on here too, but I, I would love to have something in Hawaii, but they tell me it's too expensive. But 
I started with them twenty back in twenty twelve and just for a minute I'm gonna bring Tommy. You wanna say hi to Doctor Miller? He's on here. Greetings, can you hear me okay? Well, yeah, I can hear you. Are we there yet? <laughs> yeah, I'm there. Can you hear me now? Yes I yeah. can. Well, greetings. Uh you know, I've been listening to you the whole time. I'm really amazed. There's very few people that I agree with and just about everything you said I agree with and I can I'd really love to talk to you offline sometime soon. You're welcome to call me. I'm easily accessible. I'm grumpy, uh, old man, because I, uh, I'm i going bald from unnatural causes. I pulled my well, hair off. You just, well, you're just <laughs> incredible. I mean, I listen to people talk, but you're right on about just about everything I heard you say, and I'd really like to go on some things with you. Yeah, uh, you'd be welcome to do that. Fine. Yes, permission. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> but it's a pleasure yeah. hearing you. What's that? Thank you. He said it's, it's a pleasure, pleasure hearing you. Oh, yeah. I um, I am today a man on fire. The terminology in magic is called inflamed. I am close to what I'm supposed to be doing, and I can sense it. And when I get there, it's, 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 smooth, it's smooth sailing. It's like you don't create karma. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing, and the universe wants it to happen. And th- that's how you know the difference between coming from a place of wounding and doing your purpose. Intent over purpose. Intent is what actually happens at the end of the day. Purpose is slightly different. And when you get to purpose, and th- then you and and that's what a true master is, is somebody that comes back not for themselves, but to do Siva or service to man. And if you look at the old Bibles, and one of the first things I did when I came out of grad school is I got a, I got assaulted. I was when I was at Harvard, it was Skull and Bones, Bohemian Grove. Oh, they all jammed on me. You have no idea. I had to armor up, and so I, I started. I'm a hermetic Kabbalist. That is, I studied with Gershom Sholem. I spent six years with him. I did Old Hebrew and Greek and did my own translations. In the Torah, there is a section that will say that there are 50 living masters, Christ consciousness, if you will, union with self, that are on earth to serve man, and only two of them are for man. The other 48 are doing God's work up in a cave in Himalayas. He knows what he's doing. The thing, that's in the Torah. And if you understand what a palm saint or a sadguru is about, a palm saint has um, rules. Like, um, for me, I have definitions of what a palm saint would be. Like, he chooses the moment of his death rather than it being a surprise. Right. That would be what a saint would be able to do in my definition. Now, I'm not as aspiring to sainthood this time around. What I'm trying to do is lay a foundation. And I'm trying to leave some footprints. And by doing that, I'm doing seva or service to man. And I feel inflamed when I do that. 
And whether, you know, I have missed, none of my stuff is real any more than anything else is. It is, for the moment, the, the soup du jour. But it changes every 20 years. You know, there's no longer a thing called gravity. The Earth sucks. I mean, you know, it's a metaphor that we have different ways we choose to see what's going on. And as we evolve, these broaden to a point where that part becomes a tool to serve purpose. And that's what your real goal is. And that's why Crowley, for example, said there's a fourth form of love. We had Eros, Philo, and Agape. But then he came in with a fourth word, which was Telema, which is will. The love of purpose. Why you're here takes precedence over all other things. Love is the law of under will. That means you're always open and receptive to help someone unless it deters you from your path, which is your highest form of love, which is will or telema. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Give a footprint on what path working is about, what, literally how to change the movie. In my tower book, I'm going to say that there are, you're either possessed which means you have only one story going on, or you're complex, which means you have more than one story. Most people have at least five different stories going on, and they're pulled this way and that way, and they're jerking around and have no clue, but they have five different stories going on. Now, each story has an ending. Is that how you want it to end? And if you don't, that's called pathworking, where you go in and you change the archetype of what story you're currently following. And that is the way I'm going to suggest the Tree of Life and Tarot book is used, not to predict the future, but to change it to your mind's eye. Wonderful. Well, right about that. I agree. Brilliant. I'm absolutely so excited, Dr. Miller, because it's taken us several years to get this ACO club together. But I really believe that uh, your name is there for us. Well, I'd just be one of the boys from Brazil. How's that sound? That was a little creepy club I belonged to down in 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 uh, anesthesiology. When when Jerry Pollock hired me in 1970, um, I had top secret clearances at that time. So I worked on fourth floor rather than twelfth floor. And what made me have to leave anesthesiology is that they gave me tenure because I built the first aortic catheter as my outer uh, uh, image of what I'm doing in anesthesiology when I did all my paranormal studies for the military. What I did for the outer world was I built the first aortic catheter. They gave me tenure, and I had to do OR one day a week. Grossed me out. What I did is I continued working. But it was then, it was called MRU, Mankind Research Unlimited, under Dr. Carl Schleicher. Dr. Wilbur Franklin was at Kent State, and Bill uh, uh, worked mostly out of the University of Chicago, uh, the vaults there. And I was at the University of Washington, and I mostly worked out of Stanford uh, under uh, Andrea Puharic. I got it down into China Lake, and I was in uh, uh, JPL and other labs. You know, deep pockets. And what I did 
was for Fox. I wrote the first eight episodes, the workup uh, for what later became X-Files. And oh, wow. I wouldn't move to Hollywood. So what they did is they brought Chris uh, Carter in, and then I uh, was their advisor up on set up in B.C., you know, if they wanted to know what a forensic lab looked like, well, you have a microscope over here and you got a, uh, you know, a carry spectrophotometer over there and da-da-da-da-da, you know. I laid out the lab, so the visuals and how it would look for X-Files. My workup originally had eight members and uh, uh, not two. And that's uh, was Fox not thinking that X-Files was going to go anywhere. And what they did is they had a small budget. They had a small budget, Chris Carter, for X-Files? Uh, the first of the first year, absolutely. That's why they only had two characters, not 12, like uh, like Sense8 or some of the others. Sense8 was more like the way I was writing it, where I had eight characters right out of the get-go. I have the workup. I have the original workups. It's uh, called PsyOps. That was what it was called, PsyOps, and it be- later became X-Files. Well, <laughs> instead of FBI, we were Navy Intel. Navy always ruled. And NARME, you know, minutes there it goes. That was like 10 years later, and the wrong goat died, you know, that kind of thing, uh, as a metaphor. Uh, basically, Navy, the, as I experienced it, was old man DuPont. And he worked under uh, a Rockefeller. And I worked out of Wilmington and Newark. And there it was, just like that, racing my race cars around the Brandywine. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> well, did you get to work with Chris Carter direct? Um, he was out of Hollywood, and they did most of the shooting up in B.C. Uh, Denman Island, other places, yeah. But you you didn't have to go on set at any time. I I I didn't want to live in Hollywood. That was the deal. If you wrote for Hollywood, you had to live there. That's oh. the rule. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's always that dark side, Luke. Trust me. <laughs> There's always well, that dark side. Would you like to live in Hollywood? I wouldn't do. It. They couldn't pay me enough money to no. live there. I was I was I left there with all the fires burning. I told Janie. Well, then there it is. We didn't weep. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, and now I'm looking I at. I did a thing with Jeff Prince two nights ago, where Jeff got a hold of the KLMO Channel Four uh, thing about Seattle is dying, and we talked about what's happening to the big cities, specifically Seattle. It's dying. No, everybody works in Seattle, but they don't live in Seattle. The only place, the only people, excuse me, wait a minute. There, I'm back. What happened okay. is uh, that Seattle got taken over by the homeless. They live under the uh, viaducts, and it's uh, crazy. It's all on bad drugs. And there's a direction. The guy in his uh, KOMO, Channel 4, exceptional video. I was impressed. It, it made me cry to watch my home where I grew up, went to high school. Seattle, when I was there in the 50s and early 60s, we used to say whatever happened in San Francisco would happen two years later, divided by four in Seattle. That's all changed. And now San Francisco is now L.A., and L.A. and Seattle are like a zombie. 
What's that? You know, you know you, how you, you get rid of homelessness? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Say again. Jane and I, and I was I was asking about Jeff Rents, and she's asking something else. So Jane, oh, yeah, Jeff. I was saying, you know how you get rid of homelessness? You give them homes. I mean, it's cheaper to give them homes. Give them a mini home. Give them the, one of them. Like, yeah, them the and Tina Turner can turn around and say, "What's love got to do with it?" I got, yeah, I got it. Um, no tongue, please. If you're gonna hug me, no tongue. Uh, I have <laughs> my rules of territorial. Um, yeah, hugs are good. I never learned how to do that because I grew up in China and my folks never touched me. You don't touch another person in that culture, and so it's yeah. a different universe. And I'm, yeah. you know, territorial. You know, your 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 personal space, how close you, you are in an elevator and crowded. You know. Right, but you never got a hug when you were kids? No. No, okay, no. well, that's something we could talk about later in the show. <laughs> but, yeah, well, know, we're going to make a distinction between hug. a hug and groping. There's okay. all kinds yeah, of different that's hugs. all you have to do. There's all kinds <laughs> of things. And, but, but the kids that were put in the orphanages that never got touched, they died or became, you know. Yeah, or they went into blast thing and beat drums. That's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, just so kidding. That's I'm the kidding. Whole thing. Anyway, I don't know when you're kidding. You're like my husband. Who knows when he's kidding? <laughs> you guys are. I am no, a uh, crazy man, and nobody crazy. quite understands yet what I'm really about. I'm very blessed. Being who I am has not been an easy path because, you know, it's like Saturday Night Live. What the hell is that? Dying. What is that? You know, live. From New York, it's I will walk into a laboratory, and my uh, my genius was in my hands. I was not a theoretical physicist; I was experimental. Anything I touched worked. So, been very blessed Great. that way. Well, let me just mention everybody. We'd like to remind you we are uh, listener supported. So just like Jeff Rent. <laughs> Yeah, there it is. There it is. So if you'd like to give us donations, we're taking them on all our websites. So uh, OCO Association, UFO Association, ACO Club, Teresa J. Morris, T.J. Morris Agency. But it all goes into bringing some people together that have a voice, like Dr. Richard Allen Miller, Ph.D. in physics. And what else do you have a Ph.D. in, Dr.? I have two doctorates in physics. I have one in medicine anesthesiology, and I have one in union psychotherapy. I'm also a hypnotherapist, Gil Boyne School, and I've got a bunch of merit badges, you know. Uh, I'm a Boy Scout. What do they call that? Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Well, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. We call you Rick, but you're very important to us, and I'm glad that Janet and Tommy are both here because they helped me start this radio station back in 2012, and I've financed it all these years. But I'm going to start running this like a business or a social club. But uh, tell me, with you doing what you're doing, I would really like people to understand if I'm going to bring people together, at least to meet each other in an Ohana way, you know, Ohana extended family way like Hawaii, you think it would be better to do Hawaii, bring people to Janet and Tommy in Hawaii or bring them to you? 
if I organize yes. this. All of the above. You want to go to Hawaii, or would you rather us come to you? Because I'm all the way down here in Florida. Um, I have I have a perfect place there. Hawaii is a perfect place for me to chill out. I used to go to Hawaii four times a year when I had money. It was mostly the Big Island. I used to I went into the Waipio, for example, looking for my seals. After World uh, uh, Vietnam, a bunch of my buddies settled in in the Waipio, dug in, and I had to go in and get them. Uh, the current kahuna for the Big Island, Melvin Mason, was 10 years old when his grandfather helped me find my people up in the YPL. And they were good enough that I didn't go in and find them. I went in and made my presence, and they found me. Uh, and we brought them out where they became more human again and, and things like that. The war is only good for business, and it's about old men sending young kids off to make them more money. Right. Can I ask it's all like that movie. You know, what, what, what's it good for? Absolutely nothing. And we need to discuss that and have one of our days with you in music, because I write music, and we can have our musicians come. So we'll have various tracks for our music. Our I love uh, the concept of music is one of the ways. You know, the whirling dervish, I have done studies where they sent me over to Turkey to study the dervish moves. And there is a video on, on, um, on, on YouTube called Meetings with Remarkable Men. It's the movie about Gurdjieff. And if you put comma, the dance scene, there is where they first start with children learning how to move their arm like Tai Chi, and then the women doing their cadent movement together. The last dance that they do, not the trance dance where the dervish go into trance, but the one where there's 19 of them marching in unison going in and out of each other is a 369 rodent coil. And the dervish were on to how to use movement as a source of energy. And uh, I I can't explain how it works. It is part of my non-local mind book on the Omega Principle chapter, the energy that patterns randomness. But there's a there is a there's a concept in song and dance that changes space time. And why we're all attracted to classical music, even well, animals. I'm going to put that together with one of, I don't know what's coming together, folks, for 2021, but I know in 2020 I'd like to have a meeting of the minds for our ACO club only. It's going to be by invitation only. Uh, Dr. Miller, I can't invite the entire world for what I do or what you do, but I only want very interested people that really want to learn from you and us get together and do this. And we will talk about the music because we've opened up portals, at, at least when I was working. Well, that's it, exactly how it works. I did three books for the military that are not published yet called The Diamond Body, Electromagic, and Yogatronics. And what it does is use video feedback systems where when I trained SEALs 45 years ago, I used biofeedback. You know, learning how to control autonomic functions. Today, using music and light, I am learning how to create and release specific neurotransmitters on demand without having to take drugs. And the chill, 
that goes up your body is why surgic uh, is dimethyltryptamine, and it's uh, it's uh, n comma n hyphen dimethyltryptamine. There's different forms, and if you do that correctly, Robert O. Becker and I did a paper showing how it will stimulate the pineal gland and set up a residue cavity oscillation in the neural cavity, and now you can generate true nerve tissue, and that is the first stage toward immortality, regenerating nerves rather than glial cell. Well, and I so, lost uh, my nail. Uh, I lost uh, some for some reason some nerve in my right hand, and I need to get. You that can fix that. You can. You can absolutely recover that. We did a severed nerve trunk down the perineal at the knee, where the knee had been crushed, and the person had drop foot. And now there was a hundred percent regeneration. It took four and a half years. Because nerve tissue going down the central nervous system has a viscosity of tocopherols. It's very viscous. And you need to jump up and down on trampolines and to get the movement of the nerve, true nerve tissue. Now, the way you create the nerve tissue is that you have to have a diet that puts trace minerals across the blood-brain barrier. And the way you do that is using a blue-green algae off of Klamath Lake that was freeze-dried. And that puts a trace mineral balance so that now when you have the resonant cavity oscillation in the neural cavity, instead of creating glial cell, you can actually create a true nerve tissue. And uh, the protocols are documented, Clinic 7, UW. And Robert O. Becker, Nobel Prize winner, wrote about it. There it is. Uh, There's uh, another book that is called... um, uh, what is it? Uh, it's by Ward Dean. It's called uh, Biological Aging Mechanisms Clinical Approach. And what he did, he's Surgeon General for the Marine Corps, and he went out and looked at all the different ways that different universities throughout the world measure uh, aging. And every single protocol is reversible. Not you hold it in stasis, you can reverse it. Well, I can't invite the whole world, like I said, but you said you have a good place. Are you in Oregon or are you in California? I'm in Grants Pass, Oregon, and if you want to see where I would hold my workshop, my last one was at Tap Rock on the Rogue River in Grants Pass, Oregon, Tap Rock. Take a look at that as a facility. All right. And what is this little little rendezvous with you going to cost me to pull together uh, what I'd like to do is I split the gate after expenses how's that work that'll sound good because our money stays in for expenses you do three workshops we have 60 people each and I do three different workshops and I'll do three talks for free to the public to generate when I come in to do you know TV and other things to promote at library whatever um Usually, they get 60 to 120 people participating, usually 45 to $85 a pop, uh, discounts for children and families, blah, blah, blah. I do them on urban survival skills. I do them on the non-local mind, how to change the movie with pathworking. I do them on ESP induction, how to think with the gut. I do them. That's the one I did with Matt Stein. We have those on Vimo right now. If you go to my YouTube channel, it's way uh, on my website. In the upper right, there are three little icons with uh, Twitter and uh, YouTube. Go to YouTube, and you'll see Matt Stein opening up on urban survival skills. And we did a couple of those in Reno 
where it was mostly military. So the questions that were asked were really killer. I mean, they were like solid questions. And uh, we got Matt at his finest. Matt died um, Christmas Eve. All right. Couldn't believe it. We always thought Matt would be the last man standing. Uh, he was healthy. He was on the slope skiing. He was climbing uh, when he when he had an aortic aneurysm. He died well, doing what he loved most, climbing. Well, I'm going to wrap my club around, uh, for at least in the next year, uh, around getting people together that write books. But I'm going to only invite like my authors, I believe, because a lot of them want me to train them with the uh, mystic or with the mind or with the psychic abilities. So That's easy. Do the ESP class for sure. And what I do on ESP, by the way, is I measure you. I do the. I do how we discovered it. You know, emission control with Ed Mitchell. The theorems that I have. Then I take you through guided images, and at the end of the day, I measure your ESP again, and that's that. Now, how are you measuring it? Well, we do we do cards. We do the standard uh, uh, line tests. We'll measure standard cards. Is this a star or a wavy line? Yes. And then I'll do it at the end of the day and see how much you've improved. That right. well, is proof of that point. If you will, I'll, I'd like to have another brain trust with you for R&D for 2019. It'll have to be probably 2020, <laughs> but uh, if that's okay. I don't know I'll send you some workshop information. If you've, got, if you've got people, there are places in Florida I would love to revisit. I Bramwell's down in Homestead were uh, one of the things John Mack was working with, and she's still there, and uh, was one of his primary students, and I wanted to visit her in Homestead. And then I used to do a lot of work down in Key Largo with Dolphins Plus. That it's is very a very cool event down. down there. Yeah. we've. Uh, I feel like I won't have – I hear what you're saying, but we'll have to f- f- fill that out because of the people – yeah, area. call me tomorrow and we can talk about a few things. And I'll send you outlines of how I do it. I split gates with organizers. If you put okay. it together, I'll show up and do my thing and split the gate with you after expenses. My airport is Medford, and if you get the tickets quick enough, it's usually the first three people that register for the class, and that's that. In other words, we make money. All right. Well, I don't know if we well, – we may come to Oregon first. For, okay. Uh, well, I just did one in Oregon at Taprock. Yeah, the one at Taprock was actually uh, – we had about 40 people. Uh, one came in all the way from Chicago, two from Florida. You know, they came in. It's a uh, Taprock is uh, in, in Grants Pass, Oregon, and you'll right. see it. Just, yeah. Well, I've I know been the owner. Oregon many times. I love Oregon, and it's beautiful. Now, I don't want to come in the winter because I got stuck there for Christmas in the snow. Well, that's all changed. Everything's booming today. So, Well, what month would you be willing to negotiate in 2020? Oh, I don't care. Any time. I, I, you know, right now it's 2019, uh, June, July, August. Enough time to get, you know, enough registrations up that it's worthwhile for both of us. And I'll come well, in and do, do it. Yeah. This is 2019, but Janet just did one. She's still working on the uh, videos for uh, the last one she did last year in 2018. But I do you know that uh, 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 Alfred Lloyd Webber, uh, Lamont Webber, is putting together an omniverse, and I just 
am giving him a 7,500-book manuscript library to start out in metaphysics. Well, just don't give him your original, please, because I Oh, no, no, no. These are old books that are out of print, and now, you know, like the Greater and Lesser Keys of Solomon. You go back to the original books, some of the people where I studied, and uh, they're really interesting. You know, there's... It's, uh, and what I wanted to do is show my references so that people can go check my references and come up with their own conclusions. Well, Write I don't a new book. do this in PDF, really. You're not giving original manuscripts. No, BD, yeah, everything yeah. in my library. Thank I you. have the library here. I have All the right. Doctor Strange library. That's what they bill me as in the Comic Cons. Now, when I come in, I'm sliding in on my 280Z. And come out with my robes. The kids love it. They want a real life hero. They don't want superheroes that are. They, they want. They're looking for the the father. You know that how to do it. And that's uh, what I'm about now. Working with children. They are, in my opinion, the single most important resource we have. A, a four year old is more brilliant than you could imagine. Well, we're when out they of come time, seven, Doctor. What's that? We're, we're out of time, so I'm going to ask you to please keep us in mind for working with us as a club, and we will yes, build our database because we all have our own. We're all entrepreneurs, but some of yeah, us are networking. organized. Yes, yep, yep. And, and so we will try to organize our metaphysicians and that's just one track in our ACO club, but it is one of the more important because people want me to teach a game. And if in order to teach a game, I'm going to have to gear up. But I can't think of anybody else to gear up with better than you, sir. So I'm excited. <laughs> well, you better buckle up, girl, because it's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, lightning flashing in the background. That's the way it works. Well, we've the got unknown. To- We've got to get some books into our people, so uh, I don't have to rewrite them again. So, Janet, appreciate you. Uh, Janet, I, I hope she'll help me get this as an organizer. I'll see who my organizers want to be, if Tommy here wants to help. But it may be we're Oregon-bound, but I want the best. I don't want it too hot. And I don't well, I tell you cold. one thing. I'm, I'm, I'm one and a half hours to the Oregon beaches through the Redwoods. Oh, my gosh, we can come to the Redwoods. All right, well, the main thing is uh, Janet will tell you is the international airports because we have people come in from U.K. and Sweden yeah. and Norway. Well, Medford. Medford is, uh, you know, getting geared up. It's it's weird. I love it here in Grants Pass. This is the free state of Jefferson. Okay, so Medford Airport, Janet. But uh, Janet knows how to get in touch with yeah, you. Yeah, I've been to Medford. I've okay, what well, yeah. Well, did you, we'll talk about that for 2020 then, Doctor. If uh, I would like to do something in 2019, but I may come over and do just a small club uh, to get my. Well, it's easy. Yeah, money. I'm I'm simple. Yeah, it's very nice meeting you both. Nice to be talking to you again. All right, and you want to okay. call me tomorrow, Doctor? Doctor, why don't you call me at your leisure tomorrow, personally? What's this, Mom? Call me tomorrow at on your leisure time. Oh, yeah, okay, I will. I'll call you. Yeah, I'll give you a call in the morning. Okay, Janet, thank you, Tommy, thank you. I guess we're off, folks, until uh, Tommy and Janet each have a show coming up uh, this weekend. Janet and uh, 
Janet, you're on Revolution, and Tommy's on uh, Hogsblood One here at Blog Talk, I think, for Sunday, right? right? Yes. All yep. right. Well, you can both call me tomorrow. Everybody call me tomorrow, and I'm going to get me some uh, only by invitation only, folks, for my first 40 people. Because I know if the minute I tell my friends, they're going to want to come meet me with me and Dr. Uh, Rick. So we'll just plan it. Doctor, it may be a small get-together. Uh, I've got to go to Denver in August. I've already made plans to do a conference. But I, I, I used to do workshops that. up in Telluride with uh, 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 Mountain High himself. I did a uh, farm workshop in his, his home in Telluride oh, back okay. in the 80s. Are you going to do the Mal High Sci-Fi this year? No, I haven't been invited. If I'm invited, I'm good to go. Realize I don't have my own uh, transportation. I have to sing for my dinner. But okay, so I, I do know how to sing Irish. <laughs> All right, not a problem. All right, well, we'll probably come to you, and uh, I may come after my uh, group goes to uh, – it's our – it's our, yeah, uh, if you'd like to do some whitewater down the road, that's what I do. I do well, class three whitewater. My goodness, I would love to. Well, uh, then that's we'll June and July. That's June and July, and the jet boat that goes down the Rogue River for a destination dinner or a lunch is a four-hour uh, uh, event. All so. right. Well, how many openings could we book? Because it'll just be me and who about invitation only. Uh, we can talk all I'm, Let's talk tomorrow because I love Yes, we will. That. Nice I'll talking to you. Rapids. All right, in North Carolina, but we'll do it. Yeah, bye bye. All right. I'm going to go. Love and bye light, bye. everybody. Thank you, uh, Jim. Thank you, Tommy. Thank, Thank you. you Good night. Okay, by invitation only, folks. <laughs>